Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. My name is Levi Bimba, and on today's show, we're going to be discussing yet another mass shooting that happened in Buffalo. So over the weekend, uh, an 18-year-old young man who had been apparently meticulously planning to go and kill a bunch of people actually carried out his plan and killed 10 people, injuring three others up in Buffalo, New York at a a little uh, grocery store up in Buffalo, New York. And uh, according to the New York Times, this, this is what they reported. Last spring, as the end of the academic year approached at Susquehanna Valley High School outside Binghamton, New York, students were asked for a school project about their plans after graduation. Peyton Gendron, a senior, said he wanted to commit a murder-suicide, according to a law enforcement official briefed on the matter. He claimed to be joking, the official said, but the state police were summoned to investigate and took Mr. Gendron, then 17, into custody on June 8th under a state mental health law, police officials said Sunday. He had a psychiatric evaluation in a hospital, but was released within a couple of days, the, the official said. Two weeks later, Mr. Gendron graduated and fell off investigators' radar. On Saturday, he resurfaced 200 miles away in Buffalo where the authorities say he opened fire at a supermarket in a predominantly black area, killing 10 people and wounding three others in one of the deadliest racist massacres in recent United States history. After his rampage, Mr. Gendron put his gun to his neck, but two officers persuaded him to drop his weapon and surrender. So um, clearly a high school kid just graduated last year, and then a year later he goes and kills 10 people, and injures three, and now he is murderer by all intents and for you know by all intents and purposes. And this is the guy that did it. And uh, I think according to Genesis nine six, I think the ruling should be clear that uh, whoso sheddeth man's blood, man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. So I think this guy deserves the death penalty. Um, neither, uh, uh, beside that point, though, the fact that he was already joking about this at as seventeen years old. I know at seventeen, a lot of us. Uh, say a lot of dumb things, a lot of foolish things, and uh, I'm sure he's not the first teenager to joke about doing something like that who actually didn't go and carry that out. But again, we shouldn't even be joking about the death and, and murder of people or ourselves because this is a serious topic. Because once you die, you enter into eternity and you either go to heaven or you go to hell. So for these 10 people, they are, act, they are either in, in heaven right now if they believed on Christ and trusted in him for salvation, or if they didn't, if they rejected Christ, then they are indeed suffering for their sins in hell and according to the word of god that's a just punishment for what they've done because the wages of sin is death and so but uh, to study why this guy did this they they kind of went through his history and apparently there was no background issues regarding uh, him being able to purchase a gun that he purchased from one of the store store owners up there in new york and they weren't able to find anything on his background check that would cause him to not be able to qualify to buy a gun and New York, if I remember correctly, has one of the most strict gun laws within within the country. And so uh, this, there was a response to what had taken place because this was deemed as a, a racial shooting. Uh, this guy hated black people, hated uh, people that didn't uh, align with his point of view, align with his skin color. And we'll talk about that in a, a little bit later. Uh, but some of the churches responded to this issue. And I wanted to read a quote from another New York Times article that wrote about this. And it says, Michael A. Walrund Jr., the church's senior pastor, had prepared to deliver a message on teenage suicide, but he said he felt compelled to address the shooting in Buffalo. The racism that propelled the attack is woven into the fabric of the United States, he said. Until we are honest about that and honest about the cultural addiction to hate and the myth of racial superiority, we'll constantly find ourselves revisiting these crises and asking the same questions, he said. 
There are many who want to get to a place of healing and reconciliation, but there can be no healing or reconciliation unless there's radical truth telling, he added. And to that, I would say, amen, radical truth telling is indeed necessary to get to the root cause of the issue that we are facing today because mass shootings have been happening more uh, prevalently over the past probably five years or so with all the shootings that have been taking place, not just here, but even around the world. And so what, to ask the question, we, uh, to, to get the answer of why these are happening, we go to the Word of God because the Word of God gives us all the answers to find out why people are motivated to do things that are uh, based on hate or based on race or based on uh, selfish gain. Whatever the, course, whatever the reasoning may be, we have all the answers in the Word of God because the Word of God is sufficient for all things and for all life and godliness. And it is the standard, really, for how we ought to think and interpret things that happen in the world, especially when it comes to things as serious as math, mass death. And so to engage in radical truth-telling, I think it starts uh, here, where parents need to teach their children the truth about God and man. And I'm, I'm thankful that my parents were insistent on us reading the Bible, praying, going to church, getting fed doctrinal uh, and, uh, and truthful content coming from the Bible so that our worldview could be formulated more into the worldview of how God views the world because his, his view is the only view that matters regarding these issues. And so one of the first uh, scriptures that we that you read in the Bible in the first chapter of Genesis, uh, uh, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them. So this sets the boundary. This sets the standard for how we ought to view one another. Once I see another human being, he is also made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. She's made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what they look like, where they come from, their skin color, their eye color, their hair color, their country of origin. Nothing matters other than the fact that they are born in the image of God. They were made in the image of God, and therefore they are to be treated as such with honor, with honor, with dignity, with respect. And I show them love because they are also made in the God's image, and that's what God requires of me as, a, as also another person made in the image of God. At Acts 17, 24 to 26, Paul preaching to the Gentiles, he says that God who made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and he hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So Paul is making the distinct point that God is the one who gives life to everybody, and the life that he's given uh, he's given really an, as a uh, singular unit, because we're all made in the image of God. We all have the same uh, the same blood. You know, we're all made from the same uh, God. There is no other God that made, you know, made the Africans or made the Europeans or made the Australians. We're all made by the same God. There's still, there's only one God who is the creator of all men. And because that one God has given us his image in which we are born in, that we all need to treat one another with respect, with dignity, with, with honor, and that we, we don't have the right to treat somebody differently based on what they look like, how they act. We, shouldn't, we, don't, we, don't, have the, we don't have the right to treat somebody based on their, their physical appearances or based on where they come from, because that would be partiality. And we'll, and we'll read about that a little bit later. Uh, so regarding parents teaching their children the truth about people made in the image of God, I don't know if this, if this shooter, shooter's parents did this, did this or not. I'd be more inclined to think that they didn't because of his actions that he obviously portrayed for the whole world to see now. And he actually even live streamed his shooting on some website called Twitch, apparently so. So uh, clearly this guy is just evil to the core. Now, some people might think he's just mentally ill, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, uh, God says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in, this, in thine house, and when, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So children ought to be taught God's law daily, or all the time. You know, what, no matter what you're doing, they need to be inculcated into biblical truth, because that is, how, that, that is what will formulate their thinking. And hopefully their thinking will lead to right behaving. Right thinking leads to right behaving. And so God's mandate for the Israelites at that time, and really for all parents for all time, is to inculcate your children into biblical truth, to serve the Lord the God, to serve the Lord our God, to love him, to honor him, and to do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, all your strength. And this is what needs to be taught to children all the time, because children can forget easily. We, you know, as a child, we forgot everything easily, you know. So our parents had to tell us multiple times, multiple times, over and over and over again. But I'm thankful that they do, and on all children that have parents that tell them truth regarding God should be thankful because that is what God has required of all parents to do for you to live a more uh, prosperous and fulfilling and uh, and really a holy life in the eyes of God. And hopefully that all that biblical training leads you to a place where you truly repent and put your faith in Christ Jesus so that you also can be pleasing to God in all that you do. Not because of your goodness, obviously, but because of the goodness of Christ. And so continuing on in what children need to be taught, Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Jesus says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that, despite, that despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them that love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. And this is one of the most, probably one of the more challenging um, commands from God is that we, not, we don't just love people that love us, because, I mean, that's easy to do. If you love uh, your friend or you love your wife or you love your, your Christian brothers and sisters who, all, who already have a, a strong uh, bond with you and a relationship with you, that's easy. That's not really what Jesus is after here. Right here, he's talking about loving your enemies. And I would even extend this to even that the, your perceived enemies, this guy that shot these people and wanted to shoot people that had a darker skin, darker skin tone than him. He wanted to portray them as his enemies, like they were the ones that were going to uh, end his life or end his way of living. And so he perceived them as, as, his, as his enemies and when he killed them, obviously in, in a sinful and anger and a, in a really demonic way. But Jesus says, if you have enemies, you don't curse them. You don't get angry with them, what, you, what do you do with them? It says, he says that you should pray for them, that you should love them, that you should uh, even serve them. And another passage of scripture, he says, like, do good works to them. Give your enemy a cold drink when he's thirsty and all these kinds of things, because this is how you show a true faith in God. This is how you show that you are truly one of the children of God. And if you don't do these things, if you engage in uh, tit for tat and vengeance and all these things, then you are just showing yourself to be a child of the devil and not a, and not a child of God. Another thing we need to keep in mind is that we are naturally born sinners with the capacity to commit any sin. There's nobody on the face of the planet that, is, that can say, well, I was born in this certain, this certain location, or I was born under this kind of government, or I was born in this family, therefore this type of sin is not possible for me to commit. That's that's unbiblical way of thinking, because as coming into the world, we are all naturally evil. Psalm 58.3 
Uh, it says, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. So as soon as you come into the world, you are going to go astray. You are going to uh, engage in lying. You're going to engage in sin. You are not uh, freed from the shackles of committing sin, or and really any type of sin for that matter. Proverbs 22:15 it says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. This is why we all need to be spanked. We all, we, don't need, we all need to be disciplined as children because we just have our foolishness is in our DNA. It's in our being of who we are. We have to discipline. We have to be disciplined by parents who love us enough to tell us, no, this is the wrong way. And if you do this, you will receive a punishment to deter you from engaging this type of behavior. And then Matthew 15, 18, which we covered before, which really goes to the heart of, of, what, if, of what this guy did and why he did it. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus says, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, which is where he gets his, his hatred, his partiality against people that have a different skin color, murders, which is what he committed over the weekend, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not. Amen. So Jesus is making the point here that all the evil acts that we see, including the evil acts of this person that went and committed murder, this came from within his heart. This wasn't something that was necessarily external to him. Now, he may have had external influences toward that type of uh, belief and that, that type of behavior regarding different people as lower than him. However, this came from the heart. This came from his own belief, his own natural bent towards evil. Because he's naturally evil, just like you and I are when we come into the world. So for me to look at him and say, man, at least I know I'm, not a bad, I'm not as bad as that guy. But that's, that doesn't matter because I'm also a human being made in the image of God, but part of the fall. And I'm part of, I'm, you know, naturally born. We're all sons of Adam, sons and daughters of Adam. So we are guilty of sin. We have, we have sin in our lives. We are naturally born into sin in that, so that there's no sin on the face of the planet that I can say I'm not ever going to be. Uh, guilty of doing that apart from the grace of God I would commit all those sins as well and so this guy committed this sin to go and kill these people out of anger out of hatred out of, out of partiality all of these things that are sins in God's eyes and he did this because naturally he's evil naturally he came uh, came into the world just like you and me evil bent towards sin bent towards evil uh, uh, then finally I want to cover that partiality in itself is evil and this whole issue of Racism, I think, is a definitely, definitely a partial thing that God hates. God hates partiality. James two one through four, uh, God says through the through, through the pen of James, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect for him that weareth the the grand clothing and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor man, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and, are, and have become judges with evil thoughts? So Bible is making the Bible is making plain there that if you are treating people differently based on how they look, what they're dressed like, what they where they come from, that is evil. That is an evil way of thinking in the eyes of God. And you need to repent of that. If you think about certain people in a, in a demeaning way, in a, in a way that is even less charitable than you would treat your own self or people like you because that is evil in the eyes of God and the way and what this person did uh, was just borne out in a more violent uh, way of what he was already thinking internally about certain people about where they, what they look for but what they look like where they come from all of that is evil in the eyes of God and we are not allowed as Christians or anybody to think uh, critically or, or or in a way that is partial based on where somebody 
comes from or what they look like or what family they're from. All of that is is not right in the eyes of God. And, and it clearly tells us in the, in the word of God that we become judges with evil thoughts. And so this is why this guy committed this evil. He's naturally born evil. He's naturally born towards sin, towards uh, just uh, being a child of the devil because we are we don't come into the world perfect. We come into the world sinful and we have to be taught what is right. We have to be taught what is good. We have to be taught what is honorable in the eyes of God by our parents. And uh, if we don't have that teaching, we don't have that restraint, then we end up doing things that like this guy eventually did. And I don't want to slander his parents because we don't have any comment from his mother. I didn't see anything in the stories about his dad uh, being in the picture regarding this. But and that's not to say that if you do teach your children the truth, that they'll never go out, go off and commit evil because because that's obviously not true. Unless you are born again and come to a true knowledge of God, then you are capable of committing any crime, any evil at any time. And uh, I think that you uh, as parents, that's why it's so important to be taught uh, what is true, to teach your children what is true, teach your children what is right. And if parents themselves are not taught that, then it's obviously it's going to be hard to pass that on to the next generation. And so when you look at this evil, you look at these stories, these shouldn't be surprising to us at all. And there was a J.C. Rawl quote that I read earlier today, that, uh, and he said to the effect that uh, as a Christian living in the world, nothing should surprise us that happens in the world. No evil should surprise a Christian that takes place because we should understand that man is evil, wicked uh, by nature, does not want God in his thinking, so man is capable of committing the most heinous of crimes, the most heinous of evils. And so we shouldn't look at people as if, oh, wow, I can't believe this person would do this. Well, you should believe it because they, as long as they are not been born again and trust in Christ and are following him, then you should be uh, expecting the worst kinds of evil to take place in your lifetime today. And we see that all across the world. If you look at the stories on the web and see all the evil things taking place, all of that shouldn't, as, as grotesque and as evil and as perverse as, as it is, it shouldn't shock us because we are evil by nature and without the hope of Christ, coming in and dying on the cross for our sins and rising again and promising to give us a heart of repentance, a heart of faith to believe in him, we would have no hope and we would stand justly condemned for the sins that we commit. And so as even though this, this, this man uh, that committed this evil killed these 10 people, that he, I think um, biblically speaking, he, he deserves the death penalty as swiftly and as, and as quickly as possible. Um, even though he does deserve that, I think he does... God still would forgive him. God still would show him mercy and grace if he were willing to repent even today of his sin of killing these people. And if he were to leave a life of, of his own way behind and come to Christ and say, Christ, please forgive me. Uh, wash me in your blood. Set me free from this sin. Forgive me of this sin. Jesus would forgive him today, even now. And he would be free from sin. He would be free. Now, he wouldn't be free from the consequences, but the ultimate consequence of going to hell, God would release him from that. And he would perfectly justify this man in his own sight because of his faith in Jesus Christ. So we have to remember, even as evil as people can be, Jesus is still a great savior and will save all those who put their trust in him, no matter what they've done in their past. So thank you for listening today on the Do Laws Show, and I will see you on the next episode.